This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about the leader as coach and consultant. And I would say that one of the most important tasks of the leader is to become a coach or consultant to your people. And what that means is building their capacity to do the work. The higher your leadership role, the more impossible it is for you to do the work of your team members And that's even if you know how to do the work. And the reason is because the scope is so large and so broad, the higher up you are in the organization. So you really don't have the time as one person to do all of that work. So a true leader is someone who's actually growing and developing others, both to lead and also to do the work. So your organizational growth, if you will, is contingent upon you as the senior leader getting out of doing and moving more into developing others. So first, let me talk about the leader as coach. When you are a leader coach in your organization, it is your job then when people come to you with a challenge or with a problem, or a concern, is to be able to ask really effective and powerful, open-ended how and what questions to deepen that team member's ability to think more deeply about the issue. So let's just imagine someone comes in and they say something like, the boiler pipe is leaking, and what should I do? A lot of times leaders are very tempted, and especially if you've grown up through the ranks and you know what to do about a leaking boiler pipe, you just might want to tell them the answer and what to do. And I think that it's more powerful to begin asking your team members some questions so that they can think about what their own answer is going to be. Now, sometimes we need to ask some questions to just help clarify the scope of the problem. So you might have some questions that go along the line of, well, how much is it leaking? What's the volume of fluid that's leaking out? What is leaking out? What's the speed of it? What kind of damage is being caused by the leak at this point? So you get a sense of scope or or what's going on. Then you want to ask some additional kind of questions. When that person has said, what should I do, rather than giving them that answer, if you will, or that fish, you want to give them some fishing skills. So you might ask them, what have you already done to address this problem? What have you considered? And let's say that they're acting clueless, like they haven't considered anything. Well, I want you to think about it for a minute. What comes to mind? What might you consider? When have you seen something similar to this in the past? What did you do in that past situation? What worked? What didn't work? 
what did you learn? And the person might say, well, you know, last year we had a minor leak of such and such proportions or whatever. Okay, so what did you do then? And and getting them to think about, because people usually have more knowledge and experience than they remember that they have when they come to you and ask for an answer. Now, maybe the person comes up with a solution that could have some problems. Like they might say, well, we could wrap the pipe with some cloth strips. And maybe you know that that's probably not the best idea. So you might say, okay, let's start thinking about unintended consequences. What are some things that might happen if you wrap the pipe with the cloth strips? And a person might say, well, since it's a really high heat environment, And also this water that's coming out is really hot. It could cause a fire. Or because since we don't know the source of the leak, it could cause a backup somewhere else. Whatever it is, they're beginning to think through and start processing some possibilities. Your job is to keep asking the questions until they have exhausted all the things they can possibly think of and They're beginning to think of where they could go to gain additional information, where there are additional resources, and they're beginning to think about how they might start on the problem. And you could also ask some questions to say, well, how will you know that this is working? What else might be a symbol or sign that something else may break in the system? How will you prevent a fire or whatever else it is that you might want to to bring to their attention? So this is you being leader as coach. Now, in addition to leader as coach, you're also at times going to be what I'll call leader as consultant. When you're leader as consultant, this is assuming that your team member there actually has a lot more experience. This person maybe has seen a number of boiler pipes that were leaking or have been having some experience such that they already know some things to do. So they're not coming to you completely saying, what should I do? But they are coming to you with a plan. They'll say, here's what's happening. Here's what I'm planning to do about it. Oftentimes, because this person is quite experienced, when they come and say, here's the plan, you know, here's what I'm thinking about, you'd simply say, sounds great, and they just drive on and get it done. Other times, you may then ask some more open-ended questions to make sure that nothing's been left out or nothing's been deleted, and that helps them to think beyond what they already know. They may add a piece or two to what they were already considering and then they go out and do whatever needs to be done. In either case, you're always being at one time or another leader as coach or leader as consultant. And you can actually grow, develop, and help a lot more people from a coaching and consulting perspective than you can if you have to go down there to the boiler room and fix this problem yourself. And that's why as the leader, you want to keep yourself in a position to be helpful to a greater number rather than being lost in the boiler room while 15 other things are going on where people are missing your counsel as coach and consultant.
I want you just to remember and keep in mind that the leader as coach and consultant is really not a new concept, but actually this whole idea has been around for thousands of years. And if I go back even to the biblical times and think about the word rabbi, a rabbi is actually a teacher. And one of the greatest rabbis recorded in biblical history was actually Jesus Christ. And so the Pharisees came to him one time and they said to him, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? Now, this was a very difficult question, and it was designed to kind of like trap Jesus into a catch-22 scenario, because if he said, yes, pay taxes to Caesar, and that was kind of like the oppressing nation over the Jewish people at the time, that would be a problem. But if he said, don't pay taxes, then, of course, he's encouraging them not to be good citizens, at, um, and that would be a problem. So here was his answer. He said, bring me a denarii, which was a form of money, a coin at the time. And when they brought him the coin, he said, whose picture is on this coin? They said, it is Caesar. And so Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and unto God the things that belong to God. So here's what I would say to you. Some of the best answers are in the questions. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan, for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.